Welcome to Ancient Words, Modern Message. I'm your host, Roger Womble. The past is a mirror, and the more we examine what came before us, the more we can understand where we are heading. Anyone who has moved through these studies of the Old Testament book of Hosea would agree that the tone of the prophet's message is overwhelmingly negative. Thankfully, this last chapter of the book and this last study conclude with an overwhelmingly positive tone. Contained in the five stanzas of Hosea 14 is advice not only to the Jews of the northern kingdom of Hosea's day, but advice to each and every person today, inviting us to live it up for real. Join us in this twelfth and last study of the book of Hosea in this series entitled, I Love You Truly, Part 2, Studies in the Book of Hosea. I think you would agree with me uh, that up to this point, that would be the first 13 chapters of the book of Hosea, up to this point, the tone of the great majority of what we have read and considered is pretty negative. Uh, It is overwhelmingly negative in tone, but thankfully, This last chapter, which is Hosea chapter 14, is overwhelmingly positive in tone. So it really is a good way to wrap things up. Uh, I'm going to begin by just reading the nine verses. It's a short chapter, Hosea chapter 14, verses 1 through 9, and then we'll dig in. This is what we find. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take with you words and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity, accept what is good, and we will pay with bulls the vows of our lips. Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride on horses, and we will say no more, Our God, to the work of our hands. In you the orphan finds mercy. I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall take root like the trees of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive and his fragrance like Lebanon. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall flourish like the grain. They shall blossom like the vine. Their fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress. From me comes your fruit. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them. 
but transgressors stumble in them. I would suggest to you that there are five main stanzas in this brief chapter of just nine verses. Five main stanzas. And just to mention the five that you'll find on your page of notes, stanza one is Hosea's words to Israel. That is the prophet Hosea speaking to Israel, the northern kingdom specifically. Hosea's words to Israel. Stanza two is Israel's words to God. So stanza one, the prophet's words to Israel. Stanza two, Israel's words directed to God. Stanza three, God's word, not to Israel yet, but God's word about Israel. What he says about Israel. Stanza four, God's words to Israel. Now speaking to Israel. And then stanza five, God's words to every single person, including us, you and me. So let's consider each of those five stanzas. First of all, Hosea's words to Israel. That is verse one. And it begins this way. The prophet speaks, no surprise here. This is something that he's been saying throughout the whole book. Uh, he says this, return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. Return to the Lord your God. The Hebrew there is Shuvah Yisrael. Shuvah Yisrael. Actually, Shuvah is the Hebrew for turn. Turn, Israel. Shuvah Yisrael. And then the second part of that is this. For you have stumbled because of your iniquity. You need to turn, folks. The picture that is presented here of stumbling because of their iniquity is the picture. And remember, the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, are masters of using images and symbols and metaphors and similes to make their point. And here the image is that of the northern kingdom of Israel. And they are walking along a certain path, and all of a sudden there is something that is across their path, and they stumble over that which is across their path, and the next thing you know, they are just flying through the air. Maybe some of you have had that experience. You trip over something, and it's one of those, oh, experiences. You know what I mean. And so the idea is the northern kingdom of Israel has tripped over something, and they're flying through the air, and the prophet catches them and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. And thankfully, they don't crash completely. They're able to kind of regain their equilibrium and their balance. And the prophet says, what you tripped over is your iniquity, your sin, your rebellion against God. You need to go a different way. You need to turn. 
You need to return to the Lord your God because your sin and your iniquity has caused you to stumble. Don't go back on the same path and trip over the same thing and crash and burn. That's Hosea's words to Israel. Shuvah, Yisrael. Return and avoid the crash. It is, of course, a call to repentance. Stanza two, Israel's words to God. Well, first of all, Hosea uh, starts out with these words in verse two. He says to the northern kingdom, the Jews of the northern kingdom, take with you words and return to the Lord. And this is what you should say to the Lord. Now, it's not just a matter of just speaking the words. It's a matter of mean what you say. But this is what you need to say to the Lord. And so what we have in verses 2 and 3 are Israel's words to God that Hosea the prophet is hoping they will speak to God and will mean. And these are words that include, first of all, confession. Notice verse 2. Take with you words and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity. That's a confession. We are a bunch of dirty, rotten sinners. And so we admit that to you, God. Take away our sin. That is confession. And then there is commitment. There is commitment. Not only take away all iniquity, but accept what is good. So the idea is that Israel is not only going to confess their sin, but they're going to say, we're going to be different from here on in. We are going to live lives that are pleasing to you, O God. We commit ourselves to be obedient to you and to walk in your ways. And then uh, this, these words are also words of sincerity. Words of sincerity, because it goes on to say, and we will pay with bulls the vows of our lips. In other words, we really mean it. Uh, we're, we're not just going to be going through the motions, but we really mean what we say when we say we are going to be returning to you. So that expression, we will pay with bulls the vows of our lips, the way it's translated in the English Standard Version suggests the idea that they're saying, whatever it is that we say with our lips, we will put into action. We'll, we'll follow it up with a sacrifice, with bulls. But that sacrifice is not going to be just empty religious activity. It's going to be real. It's going to be sincere. There are some other translations um, of uh, this passage that perhaps make it a little bit clearer. Oddly, one of those might be the good old King James Version. And this is what the King James Version has for those words that are translated here, we will pay with bulls the vows of our lips. So will we render the calves of our lips. So will we render the calves of our lips. And the idea is that our sacrifice like the calf, that is the sacrifice. Our sacrifice will be our lips speaking 
praise to you, speaking worship to you, speaking commitment to you, speaking sincerity. And then Israel's words to God also refer to conversion. Conversion, that's verse 3. Conversion is basically when someone says, well, I've been going this way, and now I'm going to change. I'm going to do things completely different through the power of God and his Holy Spirit. And verse 3 refers to that. Israel's words, Hosea is hoping, will be, first of all, no more flirting with the world. Notice verse 3. Assyria will not save us. Hosea is saying to his people, you need to say to God and you need to mean it. Assyria will not save us. Remember, the northern kingdom of Israel was always messing around with other nations, hoping that those nations would help them. At one point, it was Egypt. At another point, it was Assyria. By the way, eventually, their flirting with other nations resulted in their destruction. Because remember, Assyria destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel in 722 BC. But Hosea is saying, I'm hoping that you will turn from your way and will say to God, ah, now we get it. Assyria will not save us. No more flirting with the world. And then verse 3 also, no more self-reliance. You see what it says there? We will not ride on horses. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, they, they couldn't take a pony out now and again and enjoy a day with, uh, with the pony. No, what it means is they're saying we're not going to depend on our own strength. Remember, horses were a source of strength and military warfare at that period of time. And they're saying we are not anymore going to rely on ourselves. No more self-reliance. And then, and this is a big one, no more idolatry. No more idolatry. Verse 3. We will say no more our God to the work of our hands. And that's what they had been doing in their idolatry. Remember, we read before, they made idols of silver and gold. And then they kissed the idol. They kissed the, the silver cow or the gold cow and said, oh, this is our God. But they had made that God with their own hands. And that is the ultimate egomania. When a person says, I am the greatest, and worships himself. And that's really what they were doing. No more idolatry, no more egomania, but rather they are saying, you to God, you are our only hope and help. The last part of verse 3, Israel saying these words to God and meaning them, in you, O Lord, the orphan finds mercy. We're like the orphan. Without you, God, we are like a fatherless, motherless child. But in you, God, and you alone, we will find mercy. So those are the words that Hosea was hoping Israel would speak to God. Sadly, they didn't. But let's move on to stanza three. Now, God's words about Israel. God's words about Israel, not to Israel, but about Israel, verses four through seven. The first thing God says is this. If they turn from their sin, if they 
repent of their sin. And if they speak the words that we just considered to me, God says, and mean them, then there will be a restoration of our relationship, the Jewish people and me, a restoration of relationship. Verse 4, I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. So you see, if they turn from their wicked ways and turn to God, God says, I will turn them away. I will, in fact, turn toward them and not from them, and there will be a restoration of wonderful fellowship between them and me. And then verses 5 through 7, God says about Israel, if they turn from their wickedness, there will be a restoration of blessing. And then these three verses, 5, 6, and 7, are just full of a promise of what God says he will do for Israel and the Jewish people if they allow him to do it. Verse 5, I will be like the dew to Israel. Remember how important water is to Israel? In fact, the morning dew was important because it was a source of moisture for the ground and for the land. And God says, I will be like dew to Israel. And he, now in this case, it's not she. Sometimes Israel is referred to in the feminine, sometimes in the masculine, here in the masculine. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall take root like the trees of Lebanon. His shoots will spread out. His beauty will be like the olive tree. His fragrance will be like Lebanon. That refers to the cedar tree, by the way. The cedars of Lebanon, those grand majestic trees that have such a wonderful fragrance to them. The fragrance of the Jewish people and of Israel will be like the fragrance of the cedars of Lebanon. Verse 7, they shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall flourish like the grain. They shall blossom like the vine. Their fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. A restoration of blessing. Now we come to God speaking directly to Israel. Not even just through the words of Hosea, not just about them, but to them. This is what he says in verse 8. O Ephraim, remember, that's the largest tribe of the ten tribes of the northern kingdom. So when he says Ephraim, he's really referring to all ten tribes of the northern kingdom. O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? In other words, forget your idols. What have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress. From me comes your fruit. This is God pleading. Imagine, this is God pleading with his people to allow him to bless them. But uh, what they have to do is returned to him. There can be no question that God is a God of grace and mercy. God's words to Israel are there. Now, the sad reality is this. They didn't listen. Not too long after Hosea's prophetic ministry began, about in the middle of his time, the Assyrian army swept down on the northern kingdom of Israel 
and destroyed the northern kingdom and its capital city, Samaria, and carried off Jews from the northern kingdom and scattered them all over the place. But that's not where the book ends. The book ends with this fifth stanza. And we've already considered Hosea's words to Israel, Israel's words to God, hopefully, sadly, not fulfilled, God's words about Israel, God's words to Israel, but now there's a change. You'll notice that, that up to this point, the, the dialogue with Israel has been in the plural. It has been them and they. But now, all of a sudden, it becomes singular. God's words here in verse 9 to every person, not just the Jews of the northern kingdom in Hosea's day, but every person. Verse 9, whoever is wise. I think we all fit into that category, you know. Whoever, it, are you a whoever? Well, we are a whoever. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. I've kind of summarized it in this way. God's words to every single person are, first of all, wise up. That's the first part of verse 9. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Secondly, wake up. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. Thirdly, look up. The ways of the Lord. Look up and finally live it up for real. Because it says the ways of the Lord are right and the upright walk in them. But those who do not look to the Lord and follow his ways will stumble. By the way, isn't that how the whole thing started out in verse 1? Where Hosea says, you're about to stumble again. You're going the wrong way. But God's words to every single person are wise up, wake up, look up, and live it up for real because the ways of the Lord are right. And those who walk in those ways will not stumble or fall. If you were to ask me, what is one of, if not the, favorite passages of scripture that I have, I would tell you this, Psalm 16, verse 11. Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence there is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence there is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. This world offers all kinds of ideas and suggestions as to how to live it up. The problem is, it's temporary. Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith, says that Moses decided 
to be on the side of God and the people of God rather than enjoying the pleasures of Egypt for a season. For a season. You see, at the right hand of God, walking in fellowship with him, there are pleasures forevermore that last forever. That's what I mean by live it up for real. That's a good way to close the book of Hosea. Would you not agree? Thanks for listening to Ancient Words, Modern Message. You can expect a new episode every other Monday, so please join us again. Ancient Words, Modern Message is supported by Hebrew Christian Fellowship. To learn more about our ministry or to ask a question, contact us at hcfellowship4819 at gmail.com. If you know someone who might be interested in this teaching, please share it with them. And please consider leaving a review of what you've heard on Apple Podcasts. Your input helps us make our program even better and reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for Ancient Words, Modern Message, scroll down until you see Write a Review, and tell us what you think. Ancient Words, Modern Message is produced by Studio D Podcast Production. And I'm your host, Roger Womble reminding you that the Word of God is living and active. Until next time, showers of blessings on you and those you love.